Welcome to Life on Mars, a podcast about technology, entrepreneurship, and innovation. You will listen to stories of the best founders, inventors, experts, and celebrities from all around the galaxy. Hello, everybody. Alex, CEO and founder of Marspace here. In this episode, I'm going to give you a brief update of what we have been up to in the last weeks or months even. Because as you saw or listened to in our podcast episode from about like September, something around those dates, right after the summer, where we were saying that as a company, we were experiencing a lot of things that were coming all together and that we were going through some kind of like a rough time, not because... We're struggling financially, not because we don't have projects, not because any of those things. Actually, we have a lot of projects, a lot of work, but it seems like Murphy is taking the piece on us. I'm going to go into much more detail, but basically, if you remember that episode, I was speaking about that we had ditched our biggest client back in May uh, back in May of this year and we replaced them by four or five smaller clients that require a lot more management right um, as luck would have it or bad luck would have it those new projects started more or less around the same dates even though we signed them in very different even in different terms even in different months they they sort of started around uh, right before the summer, and they coincided also in the delivery date. So right now, we have been through a couple of months in which we have had more or less a product launch or a project going live every 15 days. Um, we have launched four projects. Some of them are really big. We have launched an internal tools for all the sales department globally of HP, Hewlett-Packard. We have launched a new website, redesigned and, and rebuilt off the, the commerce space in Shopify for our clients in Valencia Singularu. We have launched a, a social network for uh, some company called Aminka that, that it's sort of an of a branch of another social network based on Ruby and Rails that's called iNaturalist and a couple of other projects, right? We'll be talking at length about these projects soon enough in our episodes of the podcast. But man, it's been really rough because uh, there's been a lot of management involved. We have had to renegotiate the dates so that we they, would, they wouldn't be exactly in the same week. We're also in the process of finishing the rewrite of the Infojobs Poland, namely uh, Infopraza, which is soon to be released. I think that we're we're deploying it as I probably I am recording this, and a couple of other projects that will see the light of day soon enough. We also were entrenched with a couple of due diligences slash procurement processes because a couple of our clients were selling their companies. Right, one was selling their project, which was. Not a big deal for us because the project was small enough. But however, you know, there's a handover, there's the documentation, there's changes here and there, there's more management than expected. And this other company that we have already announced back in the day, Valuation Metrics from California, a fintech startup for which we had been working for about four years now, that's been acquired by one of the largest financial securities entities and the world, namely that company called Citadel Securities, right? This huge mammoth of a company 
requires a lot of validation, compliance, due diligence, auditing, and whatnot. And right now, as I'm sitting here, I'm talking to eight different departments of this company. Funnily enough, we are not even 20 people in this company. I'm talking to eight different departments. It's just, it's a very tiresome and cumbersome process, requires a lot of like contracts, and talking to different stakeholders, integrations, processes, validations, new workflows, meeting new people, and of course, the general uh, misunderstandments in this kind of super complex processes, right? This is taking a toll in the, in the team, but especially in the founding team of Marspace because we are entrenching more per- paperwork than we would like to do. Like, not that we're not used to it, because in the latest years, we've done the procurement processes of, you know, uh, football clubs, we've done the procurement process of Movistar, Orange, uh, we've done the one for uh, HP, for some of the biggest consultancies in Spain, uh, one in Germany, and whatnot. So we're used to doing all of these procurement uh, processes and all the derived fast track processes as well. But this one is, man, it's particularly long and tiresome because it's been dragging for three months. Um, if that were not enough, and uh, we also have had a couple of, of people not working, a couple of freelancers and a team member do the work, so that added up to our workload, of course. Um, then, you know, when you stop collaborating with these people, you have to assume their workload, but at the same time, you have to hire somebody else, but you cannot you cannot shift your focus to hiring because you got to deliver the work done. So we decided to soldier through and, and and go with our current team, knowing that we have to do more work that we would normally be required to do uh, without doing any kind of extra or overtime because that's a policy at Marspace. We never work more than 40 hours per week, but man, it's difficult lately. So that being said, it's been, it's been interesting to put it this way, uh, to see how we can compensate these kind of, you know, people not, not working out as expected. And sometimes people are not the right feet for a company or for a project. Uh, but however, this had a direct impa- impact on our morale as a team and our performance, right? We, uh, our clients have been super understanding. Uh, we decided to compensate the best way we could. But definitely as an agency, this is something that you got to take into consideration. And even more so that right now we are in the midst of this process that it's called the Great Resignation. This is something that we started reading about early in September this year when it was forecasted that millions and millions of Americans and of course other people around the world would be resigning from their jobs because after the pandemic and because of a change in the economic cycles, people would be looking for different conditions, maybe because they were looking for an improvement in their working conditions, maybe they're looking for different kind of perks, more uh, work-life balance, maybe uh, you know more remote capabilities in their employment, and whatnot. So there's been a tremendous shift in the industry, lots of people changing jobs. And for instance, in our company, prior to September this year, we had never lost a developer in four years. So we went from from September 2017 to September 2021 with more or less the same team. I mean, uh, there's been other team uh, team changes, of course, but no one had walked out of the company for these four years, which is, uh, it's, incredible to say the less, even more so in a tech company, right? In, in such a competitive landscape um, that we're working in. And in the last two months, we've lost a couple of people um, to, to other companies in the industry, right? So that 
that made us think that, you know, this is going to affect everybody in the, in the industry, not only us, of course, uh, because we, I, I think that we've got a lot of things under our belt, a lot of tools under our belt to kind of like keep people happy in the company. But of course, it's also natural that, that there is some team rotation, right? Um, what else? On top of that, we also started a new project with a top tier football club, which I'm not allowed to speak about. Maybe one day we'll be able to speak about that. Football clubs are super strict about their uh, branding guidelines, about, you know, doing marketing using their imagery and logos and whatnot. So I'm just not, I'm just not willing to risk it. So uh, fuck it. Let's just assume that it's arguably the best team in the world. So let's put it that way. Uh, we had a rocky a rocket start with them because they're also hard to deal with. They come from a previous provider that was just saying yes to everything. Um, there was a previous provider that didn't have the same, that was not audited and quite literally a tutorial for the technologies that they had to learn from this project. They went into production. So it's not the case of an MVP going into production. It's a tutorial going into production, which is really worrying. The The, the work of the, I mean, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to throw, throw some shit to the previous provider of the project, but definitely, you know, we normally audit the code before going into project, but sometimes we cannot do it because uh, especially in the case of big corporations, they will never allow outsiders to take a look into the code, not even with, with an NDA in between and whatnot, right? But in this case, it's been particularly appalling because uh, the quality of the code is just not there. The code is uh, in different languages. Um, we were requested to start working on some technology. We found out there's, there's another technology in the code. There's no, uh, they, they don't even use Git. Um, so the deployment system, there's no deployment system. Basically what we're doing is replacing files through FTP directly on the server because that's that's what they use. And, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty horrible. We have had um, pretty rough conversations. It's been a rocky start of the project, but... I think that right now we're in a good position, proving our worth and proving our, you know, stepping up as a partner, not purely as an uh, as somebody or as a company that only executes what's being told. Because for that, you know, you got cheaper options, and and you don't hire a team of experts like Marsbase to do that kind of job. So that's why we we said we're here to fix this, take it or leave it. And I think that's that's proven that we are the right people to do that kind of job. Um, on top of all of that, I mean, uh, you know, there's this, uh, we also have had people going parental leave. Mm, it's not, not much to be said there. Uh, super happy for them. And, uh, but all of this, you know, due diligence, the rocket start for projects, so many project launches and this and that made it really hard for us. The last, I mean, the last three months, the last three to six months have been the roughest times that we've been in the company. We've, we've been running almost for eight years now, which is, it's been interesting. It's definitely strained a little bit, uh, especially the founding team, the the leadership team, and the company. And and you know we we kind of also didn't have enough time to to sort of be on top of all the things in the company. So uh, that's a lesson learned for us as well. That sometimes we'll be too busy, and 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 some of the projects maybe have gone a little bit out of hand precisely because we're not able. We didn't have the bandwidth or the capacity to oversee all the things. However, um, happy to say that that we're almost out of this tunnel. We're back to rock. But 
It'll be interesting, right? In a couple of, so today is Tuesday, the 30th of November. So in a couple of days, I'm having, we're having the annual founders meeting with my, my two co-founders, Tavi and Jordi, and we'll be discussing the future of the company, right? And one of the things that we will have to address is, first of all, the increase of salaries in the market, because that's something that we have, be, we have seen coming throughout the years. And of course, we always like to maintain our competition is it competitivity, competitiveness? Uh, we like to be competitive when it comes to salaries. And um, one of the things that we have seen in the last year and a half is that we are not disruptive anymore. Back in the day, especially in 2014, when we started, we were, we were an office-less company. We still are, of course. But we were working on bleeding-edge technologies like Ruby and Rails and Angular, then React, then React Native and Ionic and whatnot, Node.js, uh, you name them. But... Everybody now is working with these technologies. Everybody now is is remote or is offering, like, you know, prior to the pandemic, we were competing with 1% of the companies. Now we're competing with 30% of the companies, 50% of the companies who are offering remote. Of course, they will not offer hard remote uh, uh, or remote only like we do, but a lot of people will be sufficiently satisfied by having um, four days a week, three days a week of remote and then having to go to an office. So we're now competing against these companies. Also, in terms of benefits, um, right now, like when we started, basically, we were among the only agencies that they were offering a sort of like a startup-like package for benefits and perks. Because startups, they were offering that because they had venture capital to, to sort of sustain these expenses. But... Agencies, they didn't have it. And historically, at least in Spain, agencies have been very traditional and paying like shit salaries and just being like generic companies and whatnot. So we were quite disruptive with that. But over the course of these last seven years, we have seen a lot of more and more boutique dev shops, kind of like what we are. And so we are competing uh, against them. I mean, maybe not competing is not the word because of this dimension of companies, you don't really compete. It's not like we're fucking Apple or or Twitter or Facebook uh, competing for, you know, hundreds of, empl- of developers and engineers uh, per week. But definitely it's a little bit more difficult now. Um, and that is a perfect segue into the next thing I wanted to address is that it's going to be rough, man. Like 2022 is going to be rough because we have seen a couple of our closest friends in the industry and like-minded companies either shutting down or selling their company, right? Companies which you think they would never shut down, they would never sell because they're lifestyle business, because they're boutique dev shops, because they're boutique consultancies, they're specialized agencies, and they're giving up. Maybe... I'm not speaking on behalf of all of them. I don't know if they're really giving. I mean, one of them publicly admitted that they're giving up through the blog site. So uh, perhaps it's not the case uh, of all of them. I've also received, you know, a, ma- a private message from uh, one of our favorite companies in the Ruby space from Poland saying that they're considering shutting down because they're not able to retain their talent and they cannot compete with salaries because companies don't want to pay more for their services. And at the same time, I mean, this has a direct impact on the salaries they can pay as a company, right? We are seeing this more and more. And I've had this conversation with a lot of like-minded companies and colleagues in the industry that they will be just, you know, creating product to see if they can scale. They will be mm, considering merging and consolidating with other companies, selling their companies. I mean, 
a couple of our closest friends, you know, um, there will be news coming out next week, I think, uh, or by the time that this podcast is released, a couple of, of these companies will have announced their, their M&A um, operations. So it is interesting. I think that uh, we, we don't have an opinion as a company, forced, but basically, I think this is going to be rough for most companies, especially for boutiques, because um, in a way, I think there were way too many development agencies in the market. There had been like a like a bullish market for agencies, especially in in the in the offshoring uh, countries. Uh, we had seen that these companies went from being extremely cheap and subpar in quality, to be honest, on the average, of course, not all of them, to meeting the rest of the world's standards when it comes to pricing and quality. So in the, like, in the recent years, there was not much difference between hiring us and somebody else in a arguably cheaper country uh, with different mentality because uh, development has been commoditized. Agencies have been commoditized. And eventually companies were so desperate for talent. They were so desperate for getting projects done. They would pay whatever price, but also they, uh, you know, they, 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 they probably were paying a cheaper price for them, but an extremely good price for these other companies, right? And and we know it for a fact, like one of our clients back in the day, Cylinder, they, um, you know, we used to charge 70 USD to American companies. And they were like, no, I'm going to pay you 100 because like, you know, it's easier for me, uh, less math. I'm used to paying that and I expect quality. So I'm going to pay you 100. And I know that they, they were charging like three to 400 an hour. So it's like good margin for them. Um, and and that goes to say that you know over over the over the years we started seeing more competition uh, as a boutique level because even though we're boutique and we're on the high end of Spanish consultancies we're super cheap compared to American consultancies right um, so I don't know where this is gonna go I think that generic agencies will still thrive it will be rougher for boutiques because uh, the generic agencies they have sort of like kind of like reached our level of pricing they're still a little bit below that but they can be competitive because of their you know their mechanisms their policies they can just hire uh, tons of junior people and and have more employee turnover and that's kind of like how they work and and that's a perfectly legit model but a lot of so-called boutique consultancies and agencies maybe they are not able to justify they are value to the clients and therefore they find it harder to upgrade those clients to upsell them to get bigger accounts to charge to charge more uh for their hours or maybe like to sell like uh, better margins on the projects if they do fixed speed i don't know like we definitely have to test our strategy for next year we're working on that um if you were if you're waiting to work for us or something like that, you're considering working for us you should know that you will be getting more expensive rates as of January uh, 2022. So if you send an email before that, we might or might not uh, grandfather you the uh, the rates that we've got right now. But definitely, this is a short-sighted strategy because if you don't pay your providers 
what they're asking. And if you force them into lowering the rates, which is something that we have seen over the years with some of our biggest clients, especially coming from corporations that eventually forced you to adjust the rates. And there was a, there's a word for that. I think it's called repel, uh, which is, you know, I've hired you, I've bought you this many hours this year. I expect a percentage of uh, discount next year. Say over 5,000 hours this year, that gives me a 10% discount next year. Over 10,000 hours, that gives me a 30% discount. Something crazy like that, something that we don't do as a company um, because we believe that this this is short-sighted and this is not fair to the, eventually to the provider, right? So if you want to, if you want to retain the talent, not only in your company, if you want to retain the talent in your providers, just make sure that the rates are fair, are just, they are adjusted to the reality because every year you will be paying more for your, uh, you know, electricity bill. You will be paying more for your, uh, for your office space. You will be paying more for water and power and whatnot. So mm, your developers and your personnel and your providers should be uh, going up in expenses accordingly. Otherwise, you're going to be, you know, uh, if you lower the, those prices, it would be at the expense of quality and you will be increasing the risk that your personnel or your providers will uh, quit the project and stop collaborating with you. That being said, I think that's enough of an update from my side. Um, I'm happy to report that if I'll make, we'll make the best effort possible to bring back the weekly podcast um, we're almost out of the tunnel. I know we promise more content about MarSpace with my co-founders, with our team members. We discussed CSS with Javier Marina back in the day. We discussed operations and, and hiring with Lady. We discussed, you know, we did the Q&A with my co-founders. We did a, another round on the blockchain with our tech lead, Uriol. So I don't know. We do have lots of ideas, um, but... We need to get out of the tunnel completely. So maybe before the end of the year, there will not be any more Mars space related content. We'll be going back to, to the, to the fireside chats and, and, and the panels and group discussions. But I hope they will be sufficiently interesting to keep you on the loop, to keep you uh, hooked to the podcast. And of course, any kind of suggestion. Feedback is always welcome. If you want to suggest speakers, if you want to suggest that you want to speak in the podcast, if you want to appear in the podcast, we're always looking for different opinions. We want to have blunt opinions. We want to have people who think differently. No matter how small your company is, it's not a desperate cry because we don't have speakers. We do have access to a lot of great speakers. But also, we have seen, and this is quite interesting, that our top three best performing episodes are with relatively unknown people, outsiders of the industry, outsiders of the startup and tech scene, that because of their interesting stories, because of how, how the, the conversation panned out, they, they work really well, they, they work virally and in social networks, and they, you know, they kind of like uh, circulated through business schools, a couple of them. So no matter how small your company is, if the project is interesting, if you're an expert in the field, if you just have blunt opinions, you want to rant about something, kindly let me know because I'm very much interested in this. That's all from my side. 
uh, I'm going to be leaving you with, you know, the usual request of if you like this podcast, make sure you subscribe and review this. I don't know if you're watching this on YouTube, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts, or Overcast, and whatnot. We're pretty much in every platform out there. This helps to maintain the podcast. Of course, this is a long-term project. We're not going to be abandoning this anytime soon. But every road has its bumps, and uh, we have encountered this one, but uh, we're definitely back on track. So, I've been Alex. See you on the next episode. We are Mars-based, an all-remote consultancy from Barcelona, specializing in web and mobile development. We help all kinds of companies, from startups to big corporations, to conceptualize, design, and develop solutions for their business using technology. And now, how can we help you?